Thanks for joining us for the Fight for Your Marriage podcast with Charlene and Lori. This is a place where you can find hope for your marriage through Jesus Christ. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Fight for Your Marriage podcast. I am so happy that you're here with us today, and I've got some housekeeping things to talk about first, and um, then we've got a great episode. I'm here without my mom, who usually co-hosts with me, because she has been in the hospital and been sick. And I know that if you're on our email list, you got the update to pray for her. We sincerely appreciate um, you praying for her. She is doing much better. And um, at the time of this recording, she's still in the hospital, but she's getting stronger every day. And um, hopefully she'll be able to come home soon and get back to life because she is um, very antsy in the hospital and ready to um, get out. But her time being sick has been um, a growing time. And actually, it's been a time where she is walking through the same things that she teaches you about. And what I mean is that, you know, it's a frustrating season when you get sick or when something happens and you have hardship that happens that you're not anticipating. And Nobody ever wants to get sick or end up in the hospital, but that's what has happened. As the days drew on and on that she was in the hospital, it became evident that she was going to have to make a decision that she would not be able to attend my youngest son's wedding, which is happening in a few days. And that was a devastating decision for her to make, and we would all love for her to be there, but we knew that it just wasn't the best option um, because of the travel and and what would need to happen to get her up to this wedding. And that was a difficult choice, but something that she had to come to um, a conclusion with. And what she said in the past few days was, you know, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like that I got sick. I don't like that I'm having to go through this. And I definitely don't like that I'm going to miss my grandson's wedding But if this is what God's allowing, then I'm going to trust his timing. And that is what our whole spiritual journey should always be, that we are depending on God for his will in our lives. And it doesn't look the way we always think it should look, but we're not in charge of our lives in that manner. We have to depend on Christ and his will to happen. And so she's walking through that, reminding herself of that as she goes through this hardship and, um, you know, just strengthening that faith muscle, which we all need to do constantly as we depend on the Lord. So thank you for praying for her. Um, If you'd like to send her your well wishes, we would love that. We'd share them with her. And you can just go to our website at rejoiceministries.org and click contact us. And we will definitely pass on those messages to go um, directly to her. And I know that would be an encouragement for her to read. And if you'd like to send a card, you can send that to P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. But thank you for praying. And I appreciate you listening to her update. And today, in her absence, I have invited a special guest to join me for the podcast, and that's my son, Kyle. And Kyle has been in full-time ministry for a few years now, and his passion is to work with young people. 
And he is actually going to be working with us a little bit in addition to his other job to be um, producing some content that will just give us a different perspective and will help talk to some of the um, issues that we're facing today with young people and um, with really trying to capture the hearts of the next generation for Christ. And so, Kyle, I'm excited that you're here. And I know if uh, Grandpa was around, he would be thrilled to uh, know that you were on the podcast today. Thank you very much. Really happy to be here. Um, thanks for inviting me on today in Grandma's absence. Continue to be praying for her for sure that she would make a speedy recovery. Yes, Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude. And if you're like me, um, I'm not a quiet person. I know that may be shocking to some of you, but I'm loud and I'm Very busy. Loud. <laughs> and I'm busy. And slowing down is just hard for me. You know, even if I'm sitting and watching TV, my husband always laughs at me because I have to be doing something while I'm watching TV. I can't just be still. It's hard to do, but it's something that we're commanded to do. And it's something that has great benefits. And so um, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Yeah, I think it's one of the lesser known spiritual disciplines. You know, we think about Bible reading and prayer and sometimes scripture memorization and, and a whole load of other things before we think about silence and solitude, because it's just something that doesn't cross our minds, especially in the world that we live in today. Right. And it's it's a loud, busy world. Um, you know, back in elementary school and in high school, did you ever have a teacher that said, you know, you're not going to carry a calculator in your pockets. You need to learn how to do this math. And I did not. I did not have that actually. <laughs> back in my day, that's, that's what happened. And now look at us with our calculators, but with those phones that's in our hand constantly comes a distraction. And, you know, that's not the only distraction we have. There's a lot of things that compete for our attention. You know, the internet is amazing and has a lot of technology available to us. But in the late 90s, social media was a thing, which might be shocking to some of you. But, you know, there was things happening on the social media realm before MySpace that could compete for our attention. Yeah, kind of the start of the digital age, as we would call it, was like 2007, when the iPhone came out and Facebook started becoming a big thing like the year before that. And that's kind of 16 years ago, right? It's kind of when we can mark the start of the digital age. Um, and from that point on, our world has just drastically changed. You know, I'm just old enough to where I kind of remember what life was like before uh, technology was as big as it was when I would have to go outside and ride my scooter around or ride <laughs> my bike around the, the block and whatnot. Obviously, you remember that well uh, from your time when you were a kid. Um, but... That is the start of the digital age where we can uh, say that kind of technology started to become a, a known thing and kind of a household thing where everyone had iPhones and everyone had the ability to look up whatever they wanted to look up in seconds. And um, actually, since that time, I have a stat here that I want to share since from 2009 to 2015. So kind of right when the digital age was starting to take off really, really well, um, the human's attention span dropped 25% over those six years. And statistically, we actually have a shorter attention span than a goldfish does at 8.25 seconds is wow. the average human attention span where a goldfish is at nine seconds. Wow. Um, and that just shows that so many different things are 
pulling our attention in so many different directions. And it can be hard for us to slow down uh, and to just stop and look around and, and spend time with those who we love and spend time with God. Right. And the benefit is not um, just all about us. Obviously, we grow when we spend time with the Lord, um, but there there's such benefits to silence and solitude. And, and doing that is not just for us, as I said, but getting to know Christ and getting to know His will for us and how we can become more like Him. So let's back up a little bit. And how would you define the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude? Like, what would you say it looks like practically? Well, this definition is from Practicing the Way Archives. They put it like this, silence and solitude. It's a moment of intentional time in the quiet to be alone with God. So to, to sum that up, it would be uh, a purposeful time that you would set aside, um, whether that's it's, it's some random part of your day, whatever that would look like, to be still, to be quiet, to get rid of any distractions, and to purposefully spend time with God. And we were talking earlier about how it's not just about like our devotion time. You know, that's an important time to set aside, to read the word and to, um, you know, spend time doing your devotions. But when you're practicing the discipline of silence and solitude, it is really that it is being still before the Lord. Psalm 4610 says, be still and know that I am God and being still is sometimes difficult for us, and that's what we're talking about. We have a lot of things competing for our attention. Um, when you first wake up in the morning, what's the first thing your mind goes to? Is it grabbing your Bible to spend time starting the day with the Lord, or is it you know, scrolling social media or checking your email or checking on your stocks? You know, where Where are you going? And so that silence and solitude is an intentional time to be alone and to grow with the Lord. Yeah, there's so many things that, again, are pulling for our attention. Um, kind of everything in the world today is made for us to be distracted by and to give our focus to, right? And this can take us away from spending valuable time with our kids or with our families, right? And spending valuable time with God as well, which is why we need to focus on truly having uh, time in our week, in our day, in silence, no music going on, nothing on in the background, um, and just spending time being with God. And um, in the Bible, you know, we can see many examples of where God did this and where others did it. And when um, when it happens, there's always a benefit to it. There's a change and a growth that happens. Luke 5.16 says that Jesus withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And there's other places in the Bible that talk about this practice. Jesus would probably be the best example of this practice. All throughout the Bible, there's scriptures about Jesus going and spending time alone with God. And I'm just going to read one passage from uh, Matthew 3, uh, Matthew 3.13 through Matthew 4.4. 4. So we're going to go to chapter 4 after we're done with this. It says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. 
At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, with whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Verse 2, After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. You can keep reading that passage. It's, it's about Jesus being tempted by Satan in the wilderness. But this is the start of Jesus's earthly ministry. He goes to, to be baptized by John, and John says, hey, you're supposed to be baptizing me. We can't be having this. And eventually he was baptized, and to start his ministry, the first thing he does on his earth as his three years of ministry begin is he goes to the wilderness to be alone for 40 days and 40 nights to spend time with his father, to spend time in prayer, right? Just to be in the presence of, of God, getting to know him, spending time with him so that he would be ready to go for the three years of ministry that he was going to go on. And there's all sorts of passages where he would go out in the middle of the night and he would pray and he'd go to the garden and he would pray by himself, right? We see that right before he was crucified. He would go by himself and pray and be in silence and solitude and being alone. Jesus is, an, is a great, great example of this in the Bible. Yeah, and that's the thing that we often try to escape is being alone with the Lord and sitting in that solitude when we're distracted, don't you think? I think people try, we can be guilty of trying to manipulate things and do it our way, and then as a last resort, go to that discipline of spending time alone in silence and solitude. I think, unfortunately, that one of the reasons that this spiritual discipline is is overlooked at times is I think because it's it's kind of scary to be by yourself, right? Kind of scary to not have anything going on. Kind of scary to just be there alone with God and with your thoughts, right, mm-hmm. and with all the things that you have going on in your life, right? And, and silence can bring sadness at times because we're right. thinking about you know, what we did, what we've done, what we will do, mm-hmm. right? Think about all the things in our life that'll come up at one time. And, and I think that's why, that's one of the reasons that we can overlook the spiritual disciplines because we want to be distracted. Right. We want to have things that pull our attention away from what's truly going on in our life. Yeah, you're exactly right. And when we get in that quiet place before the Lord, we can hear from him better. And so I know a lot of times people will write in and say, you know, I feel like God has moved. I feel like he's I'm no longer close with the Lord. I feel like my relationship has such a gap in it. And every time our first question is, are you spending time with the Lord because he hasn't moved. He hasn't changed or or disappeared. He's right where he was, but it's often us who's walked away from that time of fellowship. And it's important, and it is something that um, we need to make a priority. When thinking about this spiritual discipline, it can be something that we can kind of push to the side because life's busy, right? right. Everyone at home, everyone listening, we have a busy life, right? You, you maybe even just barely carved out time in your day to sit down and listen to this podcast, right? Because we have so many different things going on. And when that happens, we can sometimes say, all right, well, I'll read my Bible and I'll pray, but I'm not going to have silence. I'm not going to find solitude, right? Just to spend time alone with God. It can be the first thing that we can kind of 
get rid of and push to the side, right? We could we look to fill our time with you know social media or movies or Netflix, whatever that would look like, rather than spending silence and time alone with God, right? If things are busy. We look to find our break sitting at home, just binge watching something rather than finding silence and solitude with the creator, right? With God who can just give us more than we can ask or imagine. We must carve out time to be alone with God, just like you would with anybody else, just like you would with a friend, just like you would with your kids, right? We must spend time alone with God. Right. That it, Those relationships, our relationship with, with the Lord is the same way. You know, we can't have relationships with humans if we never spend time with them. We never get to know them. We never get to um, have that that intimacy and that friendship with them. And the same thing goes for the Lord. We have to spend time with God alone. And that's when He speaks to us. That's when we can really focus on his word and focus on his plan for our life. And um, it is a habit and it's a discipline like Kyle talked about earlier, but it is something that might feel awkward in the beginning as you're practically trying to do this. But we just want to challenge you to, um, to try to implement this into your life. You know, I think that the first thing in the morning is a good way to start your day, but that might not be practical for you. Um, it might be something that you can do later at night, you know, before you go to bed or maybe in the middle of the day when you have a lunch break, you have time to just, you know, get in your car and be alone with the Lord and and hear from Him. But whatever that looks like for you, um, we just want to challenge you to create a plan. It's not going to happen without you being intentional about it. When you suggested this topic, I was a little nervous because this is not a area of my life that I take great pride in achieving. Yeah. It's a, it's definitely a part of my life that I lack in. You and I are, are very similar and we like to be around people and mm -hmm. we like to speak yes. <laughs> and we like to do all these things. And I was listening to a podcast on this topic before uh, we did this today um, by John Mark Comer. And he was talking about how silence is a really, really overlooked part of life. And he said that most of the time we, when we find ourselves in trouble in life, it's because we talk too much Yes, because we talk too much. Very and he brought true. up the verse Proverbs ten nineteen, which says when words are many transgressions or sin is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent, right? Silence is, is, such a an overlooked part of especially society today, especially like we talked about since 2007, when there's so many things going on in our world today, it can even be difficult to find time in silence, right? right? Whether that's your kids are out of the house of practice or they're sleeping, right? Finding times of silence where you turn the TV off, you turn off your phone, you don't, you turn off the music, you turn off everything, you just sit there and you sit in silence and you enjoy what God has for you in that. And mm -hmm. you look to him. Silence and solitude is not about sitting in silence and being by yourself, right. but it is about sitting in silence, being by yourself, and spending that time with God, looking to God, inviting God into that time, into that space. That's exactly, exactly right. And, you know, sometimes you might think, well, I live by myself right now because my spouse isn't home. All I have is silence. And what you said is a perfect example of it. It's not just about being quiet, but it's about being intentional, like you said earlier, in spending that time with the Lord. For me, I am recently married. I got married in January. Um, 
And my wife actually just started working night shifts. She's a nurse, so she works from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., which leaves me at the house by myself a lot of nights just with time to think, with time to pray, which I don't do enough, with time to, again, just be alone and be silent. But I don't consider myself practicing silence and solitude in that time right? because I'm not intentionally pursuing God in that time. I'm not intentionally inviting God to be a part of that time. I'm not intentionally listening for what God has to say during that time. I'm either watching TV, scrolling on my phone, doing all these different things. I'm by myself, right? But I'm not intentionally inviting God into that. And, I, and I've seen in my life, um, especially over the last, in my marriage, over the last several months, um, that when I, when I don't have this time of silence or solitude, I can I become more irritable. I get upset faster, whether it's at my friends or at, or at my wife or at a situation. Um, it's easier for me to just forget about everything else going on and just worry about my emotions when I'm not practicing the silence and solitude regularly. Right, and I'm not spending time by myself with God just to regroup. Right, because that selfishness comes out that's in each of us. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. You sound like an angry person, though. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I almost said the word snap on my spouse, which that's not true at all. Yeah. No, like, I was like, I've never heard no, you be like of that. Of course not. Like you said earlier, this is going to look different for each person, right? I think it matters what kind of personality you have, whether whether you're an introvert or you're an extrovert, right? If you're an introvert, then you love being alone, right? right? And you would love to have time by yourself, right? And you'd love to have time in silence. And you could maybe start by doing this an hour one day, right? And and if you're an extrovert, then you might hate it. You might hate being by yourself. You might hate the silence going on. And I know that for me, that's the struggle that I have in my life is I just, it, I hate when it's quiet. Right. I always got to be, have music on in the background or listen to something. And I have a hard time just sitting in silence. Mm -hmm. And I think just depending on your personality that that'll look differently for each and every one of you. There's no, there's no expectation on you for what silence and solitude should look like. For some of you, it can look like 10 minutes every other day for the first week. For some of you, it can look like 30 minutes once in the morning, once at night, where you just sit by yourself and invite God in that time. But depending on your personality, it'll, it'll just depend how you attack this spiritual discipline, how you make it a part of your life. And seasons of life, because there will be seasons of life where this might have to look different. You know, if you have a newborn at home, having the time to um, practice this discipline for greater than a few minutes at a time might not be practical. And, and I think the Lord understands that. And so you have to just know what your season that you're in, but be willing to find a way for it to work, but also understand that um, like any other practice, um, there's a possibility of taking this discipline to an unhealthy extreme where you're really becoming a person who is just only spending time alone and and away from everybody else. And, you know, I'm going to spend 10 hours today in prayer because then I know that God's going to give me what I want. And that's not the point of of this practice and this discipline. Silence and solitude doesn't mean that you are living life in isolation. Right. I think it's a good word. Yeah. But you are living life in community. You have people around you that are pushing you closer to God. 
but you also know and value the importance of spending time alone with nothing else going on with God. Yeah, I think this discipline just helps us understand more about our relationship and you know, recognizing that the Christian walk is not about us. It's about how Christ can be glorified through our trials and through our lives. And when we're spending time with with God in this silence and in this solitude, then we're preparing. You know, just as um, Kyle read the scripture about Jesus going to prepare, he went away to be alone to prepare. And I don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, and I don't know what it's going to hold in your life. But as we do this more and spend time listening for the Lord to speak to us, that's how we can get prepared for what God has for us. For me, I find when I am sitting in silence, right? Trying to practice his discipline. And I know you're probably the same way, but I, my mind starts to wander yes, all yeah. over the place, right? I think about what I'm going to have for lunch tomorrow. <laughs> I think about what my plans are for the upcoming week. I think about how my team's going to do on Sunday when football starts. I'm thinking about all these different things. And I think that a, a good step for starting this practice is to just pray, ask God to just take those things off of your mind, mm-hmm. right? You might think, hey, what, what do I do during this time, right? I have it carved out. I'm going to do it, you know, at this point in my day. And what do I do? What does it look like? Um, I think a good first step would be praying, asking God to um, really remove all the distractions, right? You can remove the physical distractions. You can shut the TV off. You can put your phone away. You can turn your phone on, on do not disturb, but to take away the mental distractions as well that right. we find ourselves having all the time. Um, pray, ask God to just clear your mind, um, and then ask God to just come and be with you during that time. Um, and I think that's those are two simple ways that you can begin to spend your time practicing this discipline. Those are great tips, Kyle. And as you're starting to implement these in your life, you know, we will be praying that you will hear from God, that you'll be able to do this. And we want to hear, you know, how the Lord uses this carved out time and this discipline with him to change you and to grow your spiritual life. Um, In the future, we're going to talk about some of the other spiritual disciplines that you mentioned, the Bible memorization. um, Fasting is a one that we've talked about a little bit before, but it's one that um, was literally the first um, discipline that the Lord really revealed to my mom when she was standing for her marriage Um, is something that she had never been willing to do before. And God really used that to change her spiritual life um, and prayer. And so we'll have some episodes coming up where we talk a little more about some of these and dig a little deeper into them. But nothing happens, nothing changes apart from God. It's not our will, our desire, our manipulation. We, We need God in the driver's seat. And this is a great way to um, put him there and to grow closer to him as you're um, spending time with him every day. Well, Kyle, thanks for um, jumping on with us today and sharing. Thank you for having me. And as you look to implement the spiritual discipline of silence and solitude more and more into your life, uh, we'll be praying that God would just speak to you in incredible ways and use this spiritual discipline to really, really grow you closer to him. Thank you guys for listening. Have an awesome day. Yes. Goodbye. 
If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages.